Hello and welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm the host Scott Nicholl, joined by my co-hosts as always, Travis Morgan and James O'Brien. How are you doing, lads? You okay? Very well, very well. Good, thank you. Yeah, really good. A little bit underwhelmed, but I'm sure we'll get into that pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the World Cup is upon us, and it, as if it couldn't have got any more ridiculous being in Qatar, in the one of the hottest places on earth. They had to move it to November disrupt the season the stupidness has carried on with the worst ever opening game ever Qatar versus Ecuador just to stick the knife in us stick the boot in us the <laughs> band band the beer 48 hours before the tournament starts um, and then the first game kicks off and I don't know if you boys seen it but that ridiculous ruled out goal for I think it must have been offside I don't yeah. know what is going on but corruption it's just to me it's to stick the stick the boot in on the whole competition again just to <laughs> just to compound the ridiculousness of it yeah twitter went wild when that goal got disallowed actually i had a quick look on twitter after that goal got disallowed and there's a lot of memes going about and stuff um so it's going to be interesting any sort of decision that goes qatar's way people are going to say it's for corruption and stuff like that it's going to be funny but now nah, i think it was um like um, Ob said it was a bit of a drab second half. Ecuador were very, just had too much quality for Qatar, really, and I uh, just think it's going to be a very, very long week for Qatar, surely. And I suppose it feeds, it feeds into the whole thing around. I know they've tried to make it a World Cup from a view of having teams from different parts of the world, but but let's be honest, it, Italy are sitting at home, or Italy are just having a nice little break right now, and, and just to think that. Italy aren't there, yet both them teams are. Just It doesn't feel right, and it feels like it's really badly wrong, and it it, it just doesn't sit right with me at all. Yeah, it's, it's always been the same. It's easier to win the World Cup than it is the Euros, isn't it? Because the, there's more there's more pony teams in it, or should we say camel teams in it this time? <laughs> yeah. um, there's, there's just no quality in that game at all. I mean, it was just... Uh, Qatar, I, I think, are absolutely abysmal. They really are abysmal. Um, Ecuador, Ecuador are one of the poorer teams in the World Cup, but they can they can knock a ball around and they've got play, a couple of players who play in the Premier League and they, they're not even huge players in, in the divisions that they're playing in, but they're just absolutely leagues above them. And I think they used off on them, I really do, and it just made the whole thing more ridiculous yeah. that people were walking out after an hour. Um, Did you see the Paddy Power post? Yeah, no. I did. I could, I, yeah, absolutely I didn't brilliant. That. Was absolutely that? brilliant. They said, no wonder the stadium's half empty. People have got to be up early in the morning to pretend they're fans from other countries. Have you <laughs> seen all this Ferrari going on? There's loads of, yeah. like, I don't know what nationality they are, OB. They keep big putting fans, on aren't they? All England tops running around singing England songs. Yeah. And the next day, they're all in Spain tops pretending they're Spanish. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's farcical, but... I mean, FIFA, or I don't even know if it's Qatar, I don't know who's running the show, but they could have had a little sweetener with a game on tonight at 7 o'clock. But the fact they made that the show centrepiece of the whole day, just that game, to me it's just sticking the boot in even more and just turning yeah. this even more farcical than it already is. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's almost like a, a kick in the, the privates for everybody, really, who loves football and... You've, you've grown up watching the World Cup and 
You, you think about them famous early games, like the, 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 the 1995, the start of the 1990 World Cup finals where Cameroon beat Argentina in the San Siro and the drama behind that and um, everything that happened of Oman Biak scoring the goal and a couple of players getting set off from Cameroon. And it just felt amazing. And it felt like, wow, let's go. Let's get into this World Cup. That mm. has just made me think, how many drab games are we going to watch over the next couple of weeks till we get to <laughs> anything like a competitive football game? Let's talk about that disallowed yeah. goal. Can can any you? I, I looked forward to halftime just to watch it, and I felt like even the BBC skated over it. Like someone said, they showed a still where it was offside, but it was like a still, even though there was three players playing him onside. I'm confused. I think I, I think that I think it had to do with the rule because the keeper sort of came out. Um, then you have to have at least two players behind the ball or something for it to oh, then yeah. be like an offside thing. And they've given it on that technicality because there was only like, I think it was just two. I think it has to be more than two. So because there wasn't more than two and he wasn't, his his leg or his knee was like ahead of the third defender or something along those lines. I'm not 100% sure myself. I looked at it and I was just like, it was a little bit weird. But I think the keeper's, the keeper's flapping sort of helped Qatar out a lot inadvertently. I didn't think he knew what he was doing. He couldn't catch a cold or game that keeper. He was terrible. Absolutely <laughs> terrible goalkeeper. I mean, surely one of the other outfield boys would be better off going in goals instead of him. <laughs> he was shocking, weren't he? He was just awful. I don't know what he was doing, but yeah, like I think that sort of helped Qatar out in that sense. But like you said, to me, when I watched Qatar, I didn't know who any of the players were. But from watching them today, every time they got the ball and they had a chance to go forward, they just went backwards all the time. Like, they just kept passing back, back, back all the time. And to be fair, the midfield players, I felt sorry for them because they were in good positions, like showing on the half turn, wanting the ball. And it was like they just weren't pumping it into them. So I just don't know what they're working on in training or how progressive they are. But they weren't really a poor outfit. I, I literally can't think of a that that is going to be a worse team than them in the whole competition, to be fair. Maybe it is a bit of bad luck, but if there was ever a tournament in a destination that could do without a corrupt-looking decision in the first five minutes, it's this one, and we got it. It was like the script was written, so Twitter blew up. Um, I'd done a short on it. I showed the, the video of Dion Dublin saying i cannot see anything i'm i'm dumbfound i'm I'm lost where is it um that's blown up a little bit it's got three thousand views so uh that reminds me if you're new to the stream don't forget to like and subscribe hit that subscribe button um we're going to be doing videos through the world cup um but yeah i don't know an underwhelming start to the world cup but let, let's get on to what we're here to talk about and that's obviously england um I thought we'd talk about the starting lineup. I seen um, Neville and Carragher, uh, and is it Karen Carney or someone on Sky yeah, yeah. Sports doing it? Yeah, yeah. What they done was they picked a team, and I thought we should do that too. And they they started the team with who are, are definitely going to start. So the three of us are, so, are agree on that. So are we it. are we talking about who we think we should start, or yeah. are we talking about what he's likely to do? Because. This is the, and it's kind of the problem ultimately that I don't think any of us are going to have the same starting eleven as what Southgate's going to start with, and it, no. that bothers me in itself. And I think if you went out and did a poll of England fans, you wouldn't you wouldn't get near 
And that it bothers me. That just bothers me. Even thinking about it this afternoon. Listen, yeah. if you and Trav have a disagreement and fall out over it, it makes great TV. So yeah, let's <laughs> let's just go for it. Um, but I'm I'm thinking the obvious ones that are a no brainer. Um, you might correct me. I might be jumping the gun. But Bellingham and Declan Rice both in the centre of midfield. Yeah. Yeah. Kane up top. Yeah. 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 And for me. You might not agree with me, but Foden. I just think the, the yeah, kids, agree. Yeah, I think, I, I think as I think as well. I think it's about the system. So we're playing around. Um, so he'll it, it, play forward the back. He'll play one holding. So I imagine what he will do is he will use Rice as the holding and let Bellingham go into more of an eight. I would have thought that's the way he'll go, and then put somebody in beside him. Quite possibly Foden or. Maybe someone like that, you know, to, 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 to really take the game to them in the middle of the park. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Trippier will start. I think he's pretty much a bang on. Yeah, um, I agree start. with you. Ob, what about you, Trav? Yeah, Trippier, I can't I can't see him at right back um, unless he comes up with some sort of tactical flow where he thinks Trent's delivery is going to be important for the game. But no, I think Trippier is definitely the inform player yeah. who deserves to start really at that, in that right back position. He's having a great season as well, isn't he? he you is. can't deny him that. Yeah, he's he is. Back, he is. And he's he's looking like the player he was when he first moved to Atletico Madrid and he looks like he's got everything. Um, yeah. Great signing for Newcastle. Quality player. So solid, dependable and really, really good in positions. Positionally, he is fantastic. Mm. He just knows where to be on the park at the right time. And I think probably some time under Simeone has got him that that extra added ability on position because Atletico Madrid teams traditionally have been always all about you've got to be in the right position at the right time. You've got to be able to defend as a team, attack as a team, know what's going on with the organisation. And I think, I think Trippier has just benefited from that and come back to Newcastle a better footballer. Yeah, and thinking about Newcastle and their back line, I, I thought Dan Byrne was unlucky not to go because um, Travel probably try to pull my pants down and call me a liar, but I spotted him at Brighton. No, when, you did. When, I remember you saying. Yeah, do you remember yeah. me saying? When Brighton beat us 1-0 at Anfield, OB, and that, yeah, when we had yeah. no centre-backs, and he played on yeah. the left, and he looked like uh, Roberto Carlos. And I remember it did, that, that's thinking... The thing. That's the thing. He's so versatile, Scott. Yeah. So he could play... He could play centre back. He could play, like you say, on the left. He, he, he's he's got ability and he's big and he uses that height really, really well defensively, attacking wise. He would have been a real good option. I would have took him. I would have took him in the squad. And I think I think they missed out a bit, big time. And it makes um, it even more crazy that Luke Shaw's the only left back. So I suppose what all three of us are putting Luke Shaw at left back because there isn't another one. It's a given. It's a given. I think the option would be. Trippier can play at left back, so if there yeah. was if there was an injury, he'll probably use Trippier across on the other side. But Shaw Shaw's going to play all the games by the looks of it. Yeah, Southgate likes players he can trust. He's he's quite limited from a tactical perspective, but with his selections and his team lineups, he's not very adventurous with it. So he likes like a team that's going to work hard, be compact and organised, and and very safe. Even though England do tend to have a lot of the ball against the opposition that they play in the warm-up games and, and the qualifiers, especially like at home when they're playing the likes of Hungary or Albania, whoever they play. He still likes to pick similar lineups. So, like you said, it's going to be interesting. Like I think 
those are definitely um, nailed on the likes of Kane, um, Trippier. I'd say probably Pickford as well in goal because he likes Pickford. But I, I think he's going to spring a surprise on the left. Like I think, like you said, Foden, I, I expect Saka to play as well. But I think yeah. on the left, he, I don't think he fancies Sterling. He's been playing wing back. Rashford's been, I think, he's had a good season, but he's played a lot of the season through the middle. So I actually can see him playing Mason Mount tucked in off the left. I don't know what you boys think about that, but I think that because he trusts Mount and Mount plays a lot. See, I was I was actually going to go a slightly different angle here. So the the way I worked it out was. If in the attacking positions, I think he'll go Foden and Bellingham, uh, Foden and Bellingham in front of Rice, and then I think he'll. I've got this feeling he's going to go with Rashford off the left, and 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 have a go at them from a pace perspective, based mm. on exactly what you've said around. He doesn't seem to be on to Sterling, and the, the only thing I'd say about Sterling is Sterling's a big game player. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to say that he, he falls in that and, category of Southgate trusts him, and as we've seen with Pickford. That, yeah. that means a lot to Southgate and maybe yeah. why Maguire will get a start as well. But yeah, I think he'll play Saka. I agree with that. I think he might play Rashford. I think he might play Kane. I think he it might look like a 4-3-3. It really might look that way. And I think that's the way he's going to go in the first game. I've got a feeling he's going to play Rashford. I do could you, be wrong. Do you think he's tailoring the... Well, I mean, I hope he is. If he's earning his bread, he's going to tailor the formation and the team for Iran and who he's playing, yeah. surely. So he can afford to be a bit more risque. And why not go for it and start the tournament with a bang, a 3-4-0 win, get the country bouncing and, you know, go for it. Absolutely. He's Absolutely. never really done that, though. Like, he's never really gone with a three in the middle. Like, even in the Euros, when we were playing the likes of Sweden and in the group games and stuff, he always played two sitting players. And I know it was Calvin Phillips last time who, who was gone, but he's, he's had fitness problems. He likes that too. Like sim- I like I like to compare Solskjaer to, to Southgate with the, when when we when we had the two sitters with McCarthy yeah. and Fred. It's exactly yeah. the same. I see like similar traits when I watch the England team. It's like really safe but there's a lot of attacking talent in that England team it should be a lot more expressive than it is um, so yeah that would be really a surprise if he went with the three with the two eights in front of the six because he's never really done that before so for him to go into the first game I know it's a run and I don't know much about them but it would be a big surprise for me personally if he did that I think I think the main Iranian threat from what I can recall is I think I've got a lad at Porto he scored a few Champions League goals. Yeah. Um, and then isn't there's a centre forward who's decent as well, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think I think that's where he'll have to to watch. But I believe I, I can't see the need to hold back against them, and I just don't believe that that would it would make any sense to to not try and stretch because off the ball you can become a you can become a four-five-one. You can compact, and you can say to them wider attacking players like Saka and Rashford, just hold hold your space. Make sure you watch what's behind you a little bit as well, and give Kane that 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 license to to push on. Um, and I think off the ball, you can be more expressive and go a four-three-three. I mean, I don't. I, I struggle to find an argument for not to do that. I really would. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a it's a statement. It's a chance for England to sort of lay down a marker because obviously 
second day into the tournament, there's going to have been no big teams that play. The Netherlands play after England do. And it's a chance for England to go out and really be on the front foot and, and take the game to Iran because I think if England just scraped by with a pretty laboured performance, I don't think the fans are going to be too happy with that, especially with it being the easiest game on paper in the group because I don't think Wales and the USA game are, games are going to be easy at all with the emotion behind those two games. Um, so I think England have got a real opportunity to go and strike some fear in some of the other nations and go and put a good performance out. Yeah. Okay, so 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 on that, striking fear, which strikes fear for me at the back, I really worry, <laughs> I really worry about Pickford. I, I really oh, do. Yeah, I wouldn't. Before we, uh, me before and we were get, both shaking our head. I would I'm a no for Pickford too. I'm a no for Pickford. I'd go Nick Pope. And I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, him or Ramsdale, definitely. But he, he won't, he won't. No, he we, won't. we know that. So, and I suppose the centre-backs, I personally would go Ben White and John Stones. Um, I would. The, yeah, big I would. Fear, the big fear is, it's we, all, we all know what's coming, don't we? <laughs> ABM. Anyone but Maguire. He is, mate. It's, it's painful. <laughs> I've seen it, mate. I know what's coming tomorrow. And you, and you just know, no matter how well England play, he is going to make individual errors. Yeah. Like, he just can't help himself, yeah. unfortunately. It's not a personal vendetta. It's nothing against him as a person. I don't know him. Got nothing to do with him himself. He just is one of those really error-prone footballers. Even when he's played well... His like natural physical attributes just don't allow him to like. He's just not a good footballer. Let's just have it right. He's just mad. He runs with like... rickets. He hasn't got the the style of legs that make a finesse footballer who can play football. How he's ever got himself yeah. in this position is beyond me. It's mad. It's mad. I think. I think what I would say is, and and I think he had. He, he looked quite good at, at teams that didn't have an awful lot of the ball, and this is this is the thing that always comes back to me with with regards to players when they're coming through. But when you're playing at a top team and you're exposed, you've got to be decent. Whereas you could probably, and I'm not saying you'll get away with it in the Premier League, but at Hull and at Leicester, when he's playing against probably seven, eight, nine teams um, who are going to have more of the ball than you, and you're going to be compact and you're going to have two defensive midfielders in front of you and you're going to have a certain amount of cover. You're going to be deep at points because you're worried about the pace of the teams running in behind, especially some of the superstars you play against. You can look really good in that and you can look good in the air because you're clearing the ball in the air all the time. I would say a similar thing with Tark Tarkovsky at, uh, at Everton. Um, when he was at Burnley, he looked a better player than he does now at Everton and it's because Lampard's tried to play more expansive football and he looks a bit more exposed. And it's like, it's horses for courses. And you yeah. can look good in the Premier League, but you see when you're constantly two on two, you need to be everything. You need to be brilliant. You need to win that individual battle yeah. for the whole 90 minutes. And that, that's, that's the difference between a, a good Premier League centre-back and the players that should be at the real top teams. So yeah, when you back, play for the top teams, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, Scott. Go on, go so on. Sen centre back, we're all in agreement. It's ABM, anyone but Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, so, I, I don't. I don't no, that's what we would do. We, we know yeah. Maguire's starting. How it, can he yeah, start? How can he start when it's a clean sweep in here that 
Even Connor Cody's ahead of Maguire. Is Connor Cody even in the squad? Yeah, he is. He is, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Even he's but, but ahead what, of Maguire. What would, what would bother me is if he played someone like Dyer as well. So I think he's got two weak defenders, centre-backs, and knowing the way Southgate is and it's two players that he likes, he's going to play one of them at some point. And it's like, I'm just bothered. Neymar must be licking his lips. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but, but we saw what happened the other week with Dyer when he comes up against a decent striker in Salah. Oh, and he man. got absolutely roasted. And roasted. He, he looked like he was all over the place. I suppose yeah, the only danger just... here is that Ben White has been playing his trade at right back. Yeah. So do you think that will yeah. go against him a little bit in the World Cup to ask him to just slot in a centre-back? Will that he, go, he, go he, against a, him? He's a clever he, footballer, yeah. though. If England play against a big nation like a France or a Brazil where there's speed in wide areas like Vinicius or Mbappe or Dembele... It's, it's game over. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> they, have, they have to go to a three because then you can put Walker one side and you can put Ben White the other side or even Luke Shaw left side and centre-half and then put two wing-backs in. That That's the only way I can see England dealing with that pace because... If, like you said, if you're putting balls down the side of Maguire in, in the channels, how, how's he going to deal with that sort of pace? Let alone fullbacks. Do you know what I mean? Just 1v1 against someone like Mbappe or Vinicius, Anthony, Richarlison, you name it. Like, you're just reeling the names off. Like, these aren't even, like, all the nations. You're thinking about Argentina with Messi and the likes of Latoro Martinez and stuff like that in other leagues. The, England aren't going to be able to cope with that kind of pace. So, like you said, I think through the groups, they will play a four. And then depending, I think England, if they go through the group, will play the second place team or the winners of the group we saw today. So it could potentially be England, Netherlands in the last 16, um, depending on where each team finishes. Well, you'd expect them probably both to finish top. So you're looking at England, Senegal, um, which again would be a test, but you'd probably expect England to come through that. D does anyone know what side of the draw is after the round of 16 is it the quarter is it, is it the French side or no I can't I remember know. I don't know mm. the top I of can't head. remember I just yeah. I just know that every time I, I looked at a scenario it ended badly <laughs> and it was just based based on based on them the, the, the centre-backs and, and the goalkeeper and it really really bothers me yeah. So go on then. I tell you what let's get back to the team then so we're pretty much right. we're all in agreement anyone but Pickford so, big shouts of Ramsdale, yeah. Pope, Trippier, right back, Shaw, left back, Ben White, and John Stones in the centre. Yeah. Declan Rice holding with Foden and Bellingham off him. Yeah. And Saka on the right, Kane up top. You two are saying Rashford. Um, I wasn't going to say I Rashford. Think, I, I was think he'll say Mount. I think he'll go with Mount. I was going to say Sterling. I think he'll be... Loyal wow. to Sterling off the left. Can anyone make a realistic case for Jack Grealish? No, no, no one no. fancies him. He'll come on. He'll come on with ten minutes to go if we're, we're leading narrowly and just get fouled a lot. That's what he seems yeah. to be. That's what seems to be his thing. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that like against Iran. What I'm saying is, as the tournament goes on, he'll be the one who'll be mm. trying to defend us when we're when we're ahead. Um, by drawing the ball, drawing the foul, slowing down the play. And he'll probably be an option when, when we're behind as well because they'll bring him on and he's someone different. But by doing the same thing, being more direct, 
than he probably would be if we were leading narrowly and, and trying to trying to draw out defenders and draw out play and, and do something intricate and, and get us in that way. And are you yeah. getting to watch any of it tomorrow? Obviously, it's a horrendous time for the English, one in the afternoon. I'm yeah, sure I'll yeah. get it on my phone or on my computer yeah, as long as no one comes in the office. We'll have it on in the You'll have it on the office, nice. Yeah, we'll have it on. Ob, you're the yeah. boss man. Are you allowing people to watch it? Um, nobody's asked, so I'll have it. On. I'll, I'll, so I'll you'll have it on. on <laughs> just yeah. be on his own. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'll just be sitting there, like looking at it, going, "Oh my goodness, I can't, but I can't believe we've got Harry Maguire and, <laughs> and Eric Dyer playing at centre back. <laughs> Jack Grealish up top. <laughs> Jack Grealish up top. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So anyway, look, the the real World Cup starts tomorrow. Um, because today, like we say, it was just a farce. So let's see what happens. Let's see what Oli Gunnar Southgate can do. <laughs> and let's let's get the nation bouncing again. Before yeah. we head on to the last topic we're going to talk about tonight, which is Ronaldo, has anyone heard that Bedil and Skinner, it's coming home, three lions on my sleigh song? No. Oh, it's horrendous. They've Isn't absolutely it? killed it. Oh, no. Put it into YouTube after this. It. It's horrendous. I won't be listening to that at all. Absolutely Stop killed it. <laughs> right, Ronaldo, we haven't done a stream since this whole um, two-part special interview. Trav, you're going to obviously lead on this. I ain't going to lead on it because I ain't no. watched it. I'll be real. I ain't watched really? it. He's yeah, come I off. Really it. After the second, OB, I don't know if you've seen it, but he's come off quite negative now. They're calling him yeah. narcissistic, egotistical, spoiled. Like in which kind of things we've always known. He's obviously got a big ego and thinks very highly of himself, but he's come across as a bit churlish, childish now. Yeah. Um, and I just can't see what what was his end game from this. Obviously, yeah, the, the, the release, yeah, the release of it said everything just before the World Cup. So basically, he's not going to be back in a Man United dressing room, is he? But no. what are the realistic outcomes? Because when I, uh, I see about them consulting lawyers, they're going to sack him. I'm thinking, that's not even a thing. Sacking him means paying off his contract up till June, surely, which could yeah. be the tune of £12 million, pounds, is it? Maybe even more. if there's a breach of contract? Well, I don't know. That's, that's what I think. Surely a contract's a contract. Uh, this is where I think the legalities and the lawyers come in in, in that sense. Um, United are desperate not to pay him now as he's breach his contract so there's going to be that controversy to sort out but this sort of stems back from the summer and us needing a striker he wasn't there all pre-season I know he had his personal issues and my heart goes out to him genuinely for that do you know what I mean you can't legislate for that at all um, but I think to miss all pre-season he couldn't have expected to be in the team from that point Apart from the first two games, after that, we'd sort of started the season well. Pre-season was good without him as well. I'm trying to talk from a pure footballing perspective here. Um, we were trying to, Ten Hag, you could tell, was trying to move forward with the notion that Ronaldo was going to be an important part of the squad, but not necessarily integral to the first team. And I think he's, he made his intentions clear from pre-season as he wasn't playing. He, he must have just thought, well, I can't re hang my hat on this player. I can't even choose him. I don't know when he's going to be back. He was trying to force a move. Do you know what I mean? All this was happening behind the scenes. Why, why would we build a team around this person who was actively trying to get out of the club? So it was only going to end how it ended now in tears. And I was saying it to my family. I think I might have said it to you. He had a good first season, but the moment... 
he thought his standard was too high for the club and the direction that we were going in, it was always going to end in tears. And like you said, he, he, he's been one of those players that has always thought about his own career before the team. Um, unfortunately, it's ended sad. And I'm sad as a United fan, but I said it was going to end like this. I just want, his, I just want him gone now. Um, and I just think, even if we don't get a striker until the summer, I'd like to get one in January. It's a tough market, but as long as he's gone, then it's it's one of the other issues in, in the squad solved. Trav, I'm not expecting you to know the answer to this, mm. but from someone obviously that loves the club, and yeah. I presume you still love Ronaldo, this is not yeah, going to tarnish yeah. his, yeah, his sure. legacy, is it? No, nah, nah, not to that degree. Why couldn't you just shut up, play the games that he's given, the minutes, Europa League, whatever it is, and just leave quietly in June? Why did he have to cause this great big... Ferrari, why? Why did he? You've got to understand, Scotty. In his head, with his elite mentality and what he's done in the game, I don't matter if he's thirty-seven. It's sort of similar to Zlatan. He must have looked what was in front of him in the squad playing. He's got Rashford, like being shoehorned into this strike position. Martial never fit, and then then you've got players like Elanga, who's next in line. in terms of centre forwards at the club, he must have been thinking, if I can't get in ahead of the in ahead of this pecking order, then there's an issue. Do you know what so, I mean? Like, yeah, disrespect. Where am I going wrong? Yeah, like I'm being disrespected. I'm Ronaldo. It's that sort of approach. Do you know what I mean? I can't get in ahead of these guys. That's where it all stems from. It's like same with the national team. This national team manager can't even think about dropping him. Absolutely can't even think about it. It's going to cause uproar. Do you know what I mean? But. Like you said, a lot of people just see football on the face of it. So, for example, with the Portugal scenario, you're going to get people in Portugal or in other countries supporting Portugal who don't even watch football, but all they're going to know is Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? So it's like the controversy these decisions is going to cause is what's there for all to see in a United shirt. So for me, I just think we should have done... Man, you are, are partly at fault. They should have released him in the summer. Um, and, and they should have been strong with that. Um, they should have got him a move, got him out, actively tried to force him out, and then a lot of this mess wouldn't have happened. But I don't think they would have had to have forced him out. Obviously, he's mentioned this €350 million Euro offer from Saudi Arabia, but obviously with his ego and chasing records, wanting to play Champions League, yeah, of course, money's important, as always, and it's probably the factor of why he didn't go to someone like Napoli on 100 k a week. But the thing that he, he didn't come across was, well, where else could you have gone? Because everyone's led to believe there was nowhere else. No one else wanted him. And I can't imagine that's true. I just imagine it was someone like Napoli. We'll have you. Here's 100k a week. And he's like, no, nah, I want 400k a week. So surely he's to blame in that way. You either well, want the just, records or you want the you money. Let me just ask you a question. Take the money out of it, salaries and everything. Think of, envisage Ronaldo at any club in the world. Is he going to sit on the bench? Now, like, is he? Yeah. It, 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 it depends on what level. You sit on the bench. That's my point. You oh, would he be happy? Oh, no, of course yeah. not. Of course not. Sorry. Exactly. So this, I was this, thinking, would he get in at Man City? I'm thinking, no. No, right. no this, is what, yeah, yeah. this is what I'm trying to say. Even if he was at Man City, he wouldn't... I know Pep's a much stronger manager and what he says goes, but he still would not be happy sitting on Man City's bench at all. Do you know what I mean? Even if he was going to go to City last year, which which he nearly did, he would have gone with the with with it in his mind that he was going to play games or play the big games before.
before Haaland joined. Mm. Um, so I think Man City sort of dodged a bullet with it, unless they would have just gave him a one year with Haaland coming in this season. But I don't know. I just don't think Ronaldo is going to accept being on the bench. He's like Zlatan. Wherever he goes, it's about him. Um, so, so where could he go then upon the termination of his contract or being suspended you until June? Maybe. Where could I'll he... I'll let you answer that one. <laughs> where, where could he go? And if, if it is an answer then, why wasn't it an answer last summer then? So the 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 word and the rumour seems to be that there seems to be some connection with Inter Miami through David Beckham, which right. basically signals the end of his top flight career. Um, however... It seems like it would only be that type of move that would make any sense at the right at this point. To your point, he isn't going to get in any of the other big teams. He showed a lot of bad qualities of a manager to go, I'm going to swerve him now. Um, he showed a decline at Man United as well, certainly over the last six, eight months. I would say he doesn't look like even when he is playing that he's the same player that he was even the front end of last season when he came back in all this pomp. And everybody was crying and singing songs about him and all that nonsense. <laughs> that was only Trav. That, yeah. That, <laughs> that, that, but but the, the thing was, it, it seemed to be overhyped for me at the time because yeah, he's always been an, it, he's, he's always been an individual in a team sport. And when he could live up to that with his skill and with his ability, he kind of got away with it and he was allowed to be that individual. Now, he's just another player, and it's his ego that's the problem here. His ego is he's suddenly not the player that he used to be, and he can't handle it. He cannot handle it. And, and, isn't, he, it, and isn't it funny that fans can't see this, OB? Because obviously, when you're saying that there, I think back to him. Remember when Everton re-signed Wayne Rooney? Mm. They were singing, dancing in tears. And I remember yeah. thinking, are you mad? Have you not watched in the last season or two? He's slow, yeah. he's old, he's finished. And then yeah. obviously Ronaldo went back and it was literally like, it's like they've signed 28-year-old yeah. Ronaldo, the, the and it, mental. And it, and, it is, and it is similar to um, Zlatan in a lot of ways that as he started to decline, you you see them struggling to cope with it. He still talks about it. I mean, Zlatan still talks about himself in the third person and all sorts of mad <laughs> stuff. But he, he's, he's completely off the chart. But when you... Look, Imagine when you're as good as what he is. You'll have a load of people around him telling him he's amazing. They're never going to stop going, or oh, you're amazing, even though they think he's not as amazing as he used to be. Um, and so he'll still believe it because he's in a completely different bubble, a completely different world to us. He's got people like Pierce Morgan, who's basically just <laughs> sucking up, sucking up to him and wanting likes and retweets on, yeah. on Twitter. And that's not helpful. He's, he's got the wrong circle. He's being fed what he wants to hear rather than the reality. And when he's come across a manager who's gone, well, actually, no, you're going to do it by by, by the book. And but I'm going to tell you exactly. Yeah, he's, he's gone mad. The, the, the difference between Zlatan and Ronaldo as well is if, you talk, if you're talking about them as players, Zlatan's never been a player that's had to rely on pace to be effective. Whereas Ronaldo has always been short, sharp, explosive, power, pace. Once he lost that pace, he was always going to struggle in his later years. And I think with Ronaldo, you can even see, I'm watching him in these United games. And do you know sometimes the ball goes into your feet and you have a bit of a core first touch? You chase it, don't you? 
he looks knackered, like he can't even chase the ball. It's just so depressing and sad to see. I'm like, this was the best player in the world at this club 10, 12 years ago. And he's absolutely finished. I'm just like, it's not fair on him. And the team just can't progress. We just need to cut ties. Man City did it with Aguero, company, just loads of players. You get to 35 and that. And it's just, I can remember the same with Rio and Gary Neville at United and like, Gary Neville actually makes a joke about it because I can remember when we played against West Brom away and he had an absolute stinker. And he quit, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Like that was the game. I just knew I was done. It's just like everyone just gets to an age and you just it's just normal. But for him, for some reason, he just cannot. Like Obi said, he just cannot accept that he's thirty-seven now. Like any thirty-seven-year-old is going to. The other thing that's really interesting about this whole deal was. I think United felt like they had to do it because Fergie went to him, you can't go to Man City. How interested were Man City really? How far down the line was that deal? Or was it a bit of a play by City to go, well, we're going to go after him? And the agents have fed into it and United have hit the panic button. So it's a bit of a, your City rivals got one over you again because it was it was only in a, a conversational point and it wasn't like they weren't drawing contracts or any of that. I think City might have done a number on United as well, you know. <laughs> I hope that's Maybe, true. Yeah. I hope it's true. Um, but yeah, talking about, to ruin but talking about yeah. players in the in the thirties and then the finish that that'll be Casemiro next year, Travis. I'm you pretty sure. Nah. No. <laughs> I, 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 hope think, so. I think I think he's got he's got the intelligence on the pitch to go on for another two or three years, I would say. Only two or three. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he'll have another two or three years in him. I think yeah. he's got um he's 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 a clever footballer. He is a clever footballer, Casemiro. Whereas Ronaldo's always had to rely on his individual talent and and he when that's drifted away from his pace, he also doesn't close down, so he's not playing part of um Ten Hag's pressing people. game. Yeah. And he, he so he's not helping himself. Yeah. So he's he's not doing the ru- the running. Whereas interestingly, when Pep came into City, Aguero took on the running and took on that attitude in the right way and gone, this wasn't naturally my game, but I'm going to start running about like crazy. And it actually gave him longevity at the club as well, because I think Guardiola would have got rid of him. And the other thing was, Guardiola got rid of Zlatan because of the ego thing as well. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. just, and he did that at Barcelona. He just says, I can't deal with this guy. You know what I mean? He's, he's just out of control. So um, it's, ego will get you so far in football and it probably gets footballers to where they are a great player but to stay at elite level they've got to be a little bit humble and think about the team rather than the individual Trav I'm not saying that you're Ronaldo's estate agent or anything but what's his living arrangements is that his home in the UK that he's always had or is he renting do you know because he's obviously moved his whole family I believe um I'm not 100 percent sure. He, he must have pubs everywhere there. Is he is he um is he uh renting out that room at the uh hotel that Mourinho stayed at for a couple of years? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know to be fair. Like I've watched I've watched um that Netflix documentary with his missus on it. Um it's just all about her and her lifestyle, like being Ronaldo's wife and stuff like that. And it shows you how she lives and she's just flying all over the place, modelling and everything. So he's got pads everywhere, pads in Turin, where he used to be at Juventus and all sorts. So I don't know, like... Well, his kids that... are all here though, aren't they? They're in the Man yeah. United Academy. One of, yeah, one of, yeah, one of them's in the Academy, yeah. So he'll be moving them all again to somewhere else. I know. 
It's into Miami. They're all yeah. moving to Miami. That, that's yeah. the way it'll go. I think he'll be I'm... a superstar out there as well. An absolute superstar. It's mate. a brand. It's a brand, isn't it? Yeah, rather I'm not, than a, I'm rather not than so a sure though. I think he's still got business in the Champions League, chasing some numbers. So yeah, we'll have to just see back what happens. Or back to Sporting Lisbon, maybe. Yeah, maybe that would make sense, wouldn't it? Um, mm. Right, lads, let's sign off there. If you made it this far, guys, don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, we'll probably stream again towards the end of this week lads if that's right we use or we might do an emergency stream tomorrow night if England don't get the win because that will be something to talk yeah, about England don't win. it'll be Southgate out surely if we if we don't win tomorrow against Iran the mighty Iran we could just call that the Maguire hour Right, let's see what happens. Let's see if we can all sneakily watch it in the office at work tomorrow. Right, cheers, lads. Cheers for coming on. See you in the next one. Cheers, lads. Yeah.